0: and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. 3 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gimbo
1: show here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. We just got word a moment or two ago that Bill Armstrong, the general manager of the Coyotes, is going to join us at 4.45. Kind of doing a little Tetris on the fly here, moving some things around. So we'll talk with Bill and Coyotes hockey coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, later in the 4 o'clock hour. So we're kind of rearranging our 3 o'clock hour a little bit. One of the things I know we wanted to talk about was, of course, the Arizona Cardinals and this coaching search, but beyond the coaching search, sort of our expectations for the new coach and for the new general manager, there was uh, a suggestion made today that the Cardinals are one of six NFL teams positioned to make a major leap this off season interesting, I found that difficult to believe honestly that, that of all I, I in fact I need to look at the other teams that were on the list but six teams positioned to make a major leap in the 2023 offseason and they said the debate regarding the final spot here involved the Cardinals and the Colts both of whom have top four draft picks and have cap space etc etc but they believe Kyler Murray a quarterback even though he's hurt gives them at least a higher ceiling next year to be able to achieve I, I guess the question, Gambo, is how much of a season is Kyler Murray going to be able to play next year? That
0: that's a huge part of this equation. Yeah, we don't know, and that's why it's tough to sit there and say you know that they can have a good season. That's why I was reluctant to give up next year's first round draft pick if they were you know if that was a discussion with possibly getting Sean Payton because it could end up being a very good pick. Now, I also I, I think that Colt McCoy is a good backup. I want him as the backup. So even next year, if Murray's not here, I think you go out and you go get a Jacoby Brissett, you go get somebody that's a capable starter that can try to win you some football games uh, to try to be competitive uh, but I, I I, don't think you go in with Colt as your starter unless you know that Murray's only going to miss a couple of games if you feel that Murray's going to miss you know, adequate time, and I'm talking four plus games then I think you might want to look to go get yourself somebody else uh, that could play the turnaround is, we know this because, I mean Michael even mentioned it at the press conference, things can turn around very quickly in the NFL, I mean look at the Jaguars Sure. Things can turn around very quickly. I don't think you want to take that approach if you're the Cardinals. If it happens, it happens. But I think you take a slow approach in building the offensive and defensive lines and not getting the skill position players and getting your cap situation figured out and getting off of car- contracts. Remember, they were one of, the, you know, one of the older teams in the NFL last year. So try to get the age down. Try to become a younger, more athletic team. Try to get assets and draft picks for now and in the future and try to, try to build this thing for the next few years not jump all in to try to win next season
1: yeah I, I mean look I get how the NFL works I mean and you're right the Jacksonville Jaguars are the perfect example of that it, it's not it's not that tough in the NFL to turn things around and turn things around quickly it's the reason why every single year there are four five six new playoff teams every year that weren't there the year before that's just that's but I I think the Cardinals without you know trying to put too fine a point in this I think they're exempt from that this year I, I don't think they can tap in this year to what the NFL usually is like for a whole bunch of reasons. And you just rattled off. I think number one is Kyler. And I think it was interesting. We didn't talk about this earlier when we were going through the latest rumors with the coaching search. There was a suggestion this morning by Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network that the thing that might be holding the Cardinals back in their coaching search is, in fact, Kyler. And not because he's providing input on who he thinks the Cardinals should choose. Tony Pauline's suggestion was that coaches might be looking at the Cardinals job and they're a little leery of attaching themselves to it because of Kyler. They, they don't know whether they could win with Kyler. They're not sure whether he's the right franchise quarterback but yeah, to move
0: forward. But me too. I don't know if you could win with Kyler right now. I, I've got more doubts now than I have at any point since they drafted him, right? I mean, at this point right now, I think that's a super fair question to ask. Can you win with this guy? Is he, yes. is he dedicated to being great. And that's why this next head coach better be a real leader that could get the most out of Kyla Murray, whether he's an offensive guy or a defensive guy.
1: Yeah, now in my opinion, that wouldn't be the only hesitation a head coach might have about the Cardinals. Believe me, there are plenty. There's a lot of history here that you kind of have to fight against and and row against the tide when it comes to it. But if I'm being honest about it, yeah, I would be a little... I mean, a lot of people think that's what makes the Texans job so great. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday. They can start from scratch. Yes. They they can... They're not financially committed. They're not committed committed to a quarterback moving forward. It's a blank canvas. They can paint whatever they want to paint on it. Whereas the Cardinals, they are committed to Kyler Murray for at least two years, probably more, in terms of the cap. And and if he's not your cup of tea, if he's not what you want, I can see why that might hesitate. Give some people some hesitation for taking that job. Because if if you don't think you can win with them, I you going to tie your future to that? But again, that can't be the only reason why people aren't all that hot on the Cardinals shop I mean, there is a long history of just not a lot of success for the organization, and I would imagine that would work against them just as much as the quarterback thing
0: would. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of organizations that have had, you know, you know a lot of the Cincinnati Bengals for a long time was looked at as, a, as an organization that had a lot of failures, even though they had some early success, uh, earlier success, you know, with a couple of Super Bowls where they lost to the 49ers, but they were always one of those organizations that you looked at and because of ownership and you say, oh, they're not going to win. I mean, there were plenty of years where they won two games, three games, four games. And then just recently, the last two years, I mean, you know, 12 wins this year, 10 wins the year before that. But before that, four and 11, two and 14, six and ten, seven and nine, six, nine and one. So you can You know, you can turn it around if the ownership is committed, and the ownership has to be committed to winning. If they're not, you're not going to win. It doesn't matter who you bring in, you're not going to win. So if Michael's committed to doing what's necessary, spending the money that's necessary to win, hiring the right people, and I think by firing, you know, by firing Cliff Kingsbury and and moving on from Steve Kime, I I think he, you know, I think he realized that, okay, the status quo isn't working. I need to make a change. So that could be showing a commitment to win right there.
1: Here's Ryan Clark on NFL Live talking about the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and how, when it comes to their coach, they need a patient
2: adult in the room. Well, first off, that coach needs to be patient, obviously, yeah. because you won't have your quarterback throughout the offseason, and you also won't know when he'll be back to play during the season. But they need an adult. They need someone that can step into that room and demand and also command Kyler Murray's respect, someone that can hold him accountable and not necessarily be his friend. You want to have those conversations, but there, have to, there has to be, a tier of respect, a tier of authority in those locker rooms. And someone that knows if I'm a defensive player, when I look at Kyler Murray, look at the head coach, he's just as accountable for his play, for his actions, for the way that he moves around this locker room with his leadership as I am. And someone that's going to be focused on elevating his career, but not making sure that he likes him. And in the end, if Kyler Murray becomes a better player, a better quarterback, this team wins, and he's a leader in that locker room, he'll find a way to have a relationship with that coach.
1: But back if I can to the original point of the conversation. Can the Cardinals turn this thing around next year? I I I, I, I like you think that they are better off using next year as a true Reset year, a roster reset, a salary cap reset, a Kyler Murray reset. You know, take your time, no rush. Get back, be right. All of that stuff. If it happens, it happens. To your point, I think you use that exact phrasing. If if you're able to improve and be better next year, great. But the idea of we got to build a winner in year one of Monty Fort and you know to be determined at head coach, I I I think you need that step back before you can take that step forward if you're the Cardinals. And you have to approach this offseason like that, I think.
0: Yeah, in some sports, there are longer rebuilds, right? I mean, there, there are other sports where you're like, okay. But in football, with the roster turnover the way it is, it's uh, yeah, it's quick. It, it could it be, be quick. quick. It could be. I mean, it could be, but it's not always. You know, I was mentioning the, I just looked up something on the bank. They had 14 years in a row where they didn't have a winning record. 14 years in a row. And now they're one of the top teams. I mean, so they've had their lulls too. and And, you know, at some point, you're always, you know, they were the Cardinals and the Browns were the laughing stock of the NFL because they just couldn't win football games. And the Bengals have got it turned around, so I think you could get it turned around. The Cardinals have have had some success. They were in the Super Bowl not too long ago. They were in the NFC Championship game not too long ago. You know, with two different quarterbacks, one with Kurt Warner, one with Carson Palmer, with different coaches, Ken Wizard and Bruce Arians. So, I, I it can happen. But I think when you look at the overall roster, you're like. There's a lot more work needed here oh, yeah. to sit there and say, okay, they could turn it around next year and get there. And I understand, remember this he had to pick six teams. That he thinks could turn it around. You're not picking Cincinnati and Buffalo and Kansas City, and the, the, you're not picking. So that takes out ten or twelve teams right there that are good. That you're not. So you're looking at bad teams that could turn it around. So inevitably, you know, the Cardinals made the list as the last team
1: this Monday. Listen for your name every day starting on Monday for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Text the word Super to six twenty six twenty. Register and once you've heard your name call. All in within the time frame, and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. You could also win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word SUPER to 620-620. The Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. A lot of conversation, and in the offseason, the Cardinals are going to address Chris Paul and his future with the organization. Is now the time to do that and not wait mm, for the offseason? Interesting. It's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show
0: burns and gambo afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader Back here with
1: you on the Burns and Gambo show, the um, latest on Devin Booker. There was a report today from Adrian Wojnarowski that he could return by the Nets game next week. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but that kind of falls in line with what Gambo's been talking about with the ramp-up period with Devin Booker. Meanwhile, trade deadline a week from today, and, of course, we're monitoring everything Gambo... Um, <laughs> Hey, Gambo and I have been doing this together a long time. The trade deadline is always one of our craziest days, and this might be one of the craziest ones yet. I mean, I know, I know the Suns historically under James typically don't do a lot at the trade deadline, but, man, they have been associated with so many different rumors and so many different this and so many different that and all the different directions they could go. That's one week from today, and and we'll monitor that. Obviously, a lot of the focus is going to be on an OG and an OB. Obviously, a lot of the focus is going to be on Jay Crowder and what happens there. I think, Gambo, we will spend some of that time a week from now looking at Chris Paul, looking at the point guard spot. There continue to be just a ton of rumors out there about the Suns looking at, point guards, the Fred Van Vliet thing we keep talking about. And and it, it's got us wondering if the Suns are thinking about accelerating their decision making on chris Paul and and whether they're looking for something now and not later when it comes to
0: Chris Paul I, I, I love this conversation it really is a great conversation did you watch Chris Paul play last night I did he yes, was did. garbage he like wasn't he was very good. terrible he was atrocious but then he was good the day before it's like you know i I, I don't know what Listen, they signed him to a four-year, $120 million contract that obviously wasn't really that. You could be out of that contract after two years and only owe him $15 million. The final year has no guarantees on it at all. If you want to get off of Chris Paul after this year, you can get off of Chris Paul. You can. If you want to have him for one more year and then get off of him, you could absolutely do that. So I think the toughest decision right now is, you know, do you you need to make a decision now or can you play this out? Because if there is a good point guard that's available that you could get now – why wouldn't you at least think about it if you could get that guy and then you say, OK, I'm going to get off for Chris? Because is that same point guard going to be available in the offseason? What's the better time to get one? Is it now or is it the new offseason? When do you need to make a determination on Chris if Chris is coming back? Because if you go get a good bona fide point guard and then decide you want to bring Chris back, well, that creates a problem. So if you made a trade for a good point guard, you're almost signifying that we're going to get off for Chris after this year.
1: It would seem like that, yeah. I mean, because you wouldn't go get a really good bona fide point guard and, and expect him to be a backup to Chris Paul. Like, like okay, let's, even though we've said no, you've said no to Fred Van Vliet many, many times. Yeah. Um, let's use Van Vliet as an option. If the Suns really are truly pursuing Fred Van Vliet, which I, I find tough to believe, but okay, let's say they are for a second, he's not going to be the backup point guard to Chris Paul. I mean, maybe you could get away with that arrangement for a month or two, but certainly that's. It's not going to be the long-term plan or the long-term vision. I'm, uh, the, when it comes to what I think the Suns need, I'm I'm not ready to say goodbye to Chris Paul. I'm not there. I, I'm not, I, I, and I'm certainly not going to use last night's game as any evidence to fuel whether it's time to move on or not. It was one bad game. he had been playing well, better as of late over the last week and a half since he's been back. I, I'm not. I'm not ready to say the Chris Paul thing is done, but I know it's close. You know, like I, I feel like it's sort of like. Um, your battery on your phone, how much longer do you want to go before you plug it in, right? like I, I feel like I, I, I think there's still some juice in there. I still think I can I can do a couple things on my phone before I need to charge it. I, I don't need to plug it in just yet. I don't need to make a change just yet. And I, 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 I don't know how you feel. I feel that way about Chris. I'm ready to ride this out with him for the next two months, three months, four months, however, and see what he's got, rather than make any kind of a final determination about him now, this okay. offseason. Well,
0: listen, not everything works out perfect for you, because what if a good point guard's available, and you're like, well, I want to wait on Chris. Well, what if you decide at the end, you know what, you know, Chris fails, struggles in the playoff, gets hurt, wears down, whatever. And like, okay, I could have had a point guard at the trade deadline. So, I understand what you want, but that may not line up with the timeline for when they get get a point guard. So that's potentially the only not. issue. Yeah. yeah,
1: potentially not. But, but, but who's the point guard?
0: Who are we talking about? I don't, I don't know. You I know? Mean, I don't I, know, I mean, who who are we talking Because Look at the names that could be available. It's not D'Angelo Russell, okay? It's not D'Lo. No, but it's, it's also not probably not Fred Van Vliet. You
1: know, like if it like if we were if we were talking about Fred Van Vliet, okay, let's talk, you know, all right. If we if it's if it's Shea Gilchis Alexander, okay, let's talk, right? Like I mean there are certain De'Aaron Fox, okay, sure, let's have a conversation about that. I, I just don't know if the quality of point guard available in this moment is in the next week, uh, unless we're really talking about Van Vliet, which you have repeatedly said no to. Yes. Unless we're talking about that, I just don't don't think there's going to be a dramatic enough of an upgrade now worth considering now all bets are off in the off season. The, the, the tone of the conversation completely. What was it we said yesterday? You could wave and stretch. If you, this is, I, I know this is blasphemy for some.
0: With yeah, you can do it over five years. You can and wave like and stretch Chris
1: in the off season. It's like three million dollars a year yeah. over the next five. I mean, you it would cost you next to nothing to do it if you wanted to. But I, I, unless there's somebody that I'm not anticipating being available at the deadline who could be your point guard, I just don't think you're going to find anybody better at this point at the position. I really don't. I
0: let you feel differently. No. I feel that he, I think it'd be really hard to find somebody better. But you may want somebody different. If Chris wears down in the playoffs, I don't think it's about the regular season. I think you have highs and lows. He had a bad game last night. He was terrible. He, his first point was a free throw. He didn't hit a basket until about three minutes left in the third quarter. He was terrible. Chris was terrible last night. And you got to have games like that, okay? Even the best players in the league have bad games. They'll have a handful of them. What, well, you know, what Chris is now is he's still one of the top ten point guards. In this league, and you know, and that's good. I mean, if you have one of those guys, that's good. But I think everybody's waiting to see what does he do in the playoffs when a team is going to play you night in and night out. They're going to play you every other day for six or seven games. Does Chris wear down? Do they make adjustments? Do they figure out how to take him out of the game? Because if that's that's an issue, Chris has always been a smaller guard. You know, you might say, listen, I want to change the way we play a little bit, and then you might not bring Chris back next year. I think ultimately, what he does in a regular season doesn't matter as much as what he's going to do in the playoffs.
1: We had James Jones on yesterday. This is what he said about Chris's return. Chris can carry a team, but that's not when Chris is at his best. Chris is at his best when he's facilitating and he's doing what he did late in that game, making big shots. And prior to that, you know, it was make timely shots, but make sure that the ball got to the people uh, at the right times and the right spots so that the flow continues, because we know when, when the game gets close, our guy's going to look for Devin and Chris. You sent me this list today, and the Athletic, they've done a really nice job, the Athletic website has done a really nice job of putting together an NBA trade deadline big board. They, they they busted this out a week ago. They refreshed it again today. And basically, it takes all the players that they think are going to be available, potentially available at the deadline, and kind of ranks them in terms of their cost, their impact, You know how big of a deal it would be to go get these guys. OG Ananobi, we've had a thousand conversations about him to the Suns. He's number one on the list. The only point guard on this list that I would say, yeah let's rethink this with Chris is Fred Van Vliet. He's number three on the athletics big board trade deadline big board okay i'm looking at the rest of the list there there's there's not D'Angelo Russell is seven yeah keep walking you know no interest there <laughs> you know i mean there there are a few uh, but you know in terms of pure point guard people who can come in and run your offense for you and there just aren't names here where I'm willing to say that's such a clear upgrade to Chris to even 80% of Chris Paul if that's what he's going to be that I'd be willing to do it and so for me it, it's just worth waiting on and seeing what Chris can do for you this year. And yeah. Maybe I'll rue the day I ever thought that, but I still think that's the best play right
0: and now. And I just think because of Van, v- Van Vliet, listen, a few years ago when he was making $8-9 nine million he was a steal. Um, he's a, he's a little bit older now, and he's, he's, he's a smaller guard, and I think that again, I always say this, I think that they want to surround Devin with taller wing players, not smaller guards. So I do think that they will pass on Van Vliet if that opportunity comes up. I would expected they would pass on him all right when we come back on the burns and gambo show right after you
1: text us your thoughts on chris and what the sun should do at c with cp3 at the point guard position you can text us on the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now when we come back there's no doubt that when he's played he's an all-star but tonight we are not expecting devin booker to be given that honor we cool with that that's coming up on the burns and gambo show
0: And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: All right, so for the Suns, after last night's humbling loss to Atlanta, 132 to 100. That was it, a pummeling. It was a pummeling. It was, it was a very humbling moment for the Phoenix Suns because they got just destroyed. Yeah. It, and we figured it out, and I thought it was something to do with this. You mentioned when you were watching, when you finally mercifully stopped taking notes in that game somewhere. Through the fourth quarter, uh, the reason the fans were cheering because of the two missed free throws it had something to do with
0: Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Free Chick Fil A. Like free Chick Fil A. Yeah.
1: I, I, I forget what the promotion is exactly, but uh, our good friend Taria, who listens to the show every day, God bless her from Alaska, up there in Anchorage, Alaska, every Love day. Love it. Um, it's fantastic. We've met her. She's very, very nice. Um, she points out, and then I remembered Kellen tweeted about this last night too. Something about Chick Fil A. And and I don't know what the giveaway is, but whatever. That was like the the only reason to keep watching that game in the fourth quarter. Now that that's done, the Suns are going to go on a five-game road trip. At some point during that road trip, Devin Booker is going to make his return. Yes. Now, it's not going to be Boston. No. The Suns have put out their injury list, and he's been ruled out for the Boston game. So it's not going to be Boston on Friday. Detroit on Saturday is what's next. Woj is reporting that the date that's kind of being circled is Tuesday, February seventh, against the Brooklyn Nets. That that's kind of the game that's being so
0: Wednesday. Out. If if he was if he was clear to do more things Wednesday, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday would be the five day ramp up. The Nets game would be Tuesday. So that's what I reported that I was uh, that that the the Suns were looking at a five day ramp up to get him ready. So that way he wasn't forced back in, and you know just. Let him work a little bit, and work a little bit more, work a little bit more, get ready. So Tuesday's game makes a lot of sense. Now, could it be Saturday? Sure. Could it be Thursday against Atlanta? Sure. It's somewhere in that time frame. But uh, instead of just saying, okay, you're cleared to play, play, they want to spend about five days ramping him up so when he's ready to play, he'll be good to go.
1: Yep, and I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, a couple more games, you've waited this long. Uh, it is, it, we've said it many times, we'll say it one more time, it's not about getting him back, it's about keeping him back. And, you know, we saw even last night a somewhat frustrated, I think, Cam Johnson with the minutes restriction. They're being very cautious with him, too. Uh, he didn't play a whole lot in last night's game. And and Monty even talked about how hard it is to get any kind of rhythm for Cam Johnson with the minutes restriction. And Cam expressed a little bit of mild frustration over not being able to kind of play through it and still kind of having to deal with it. Boy, you just wait. It's going to be the same thing with Devin. I mean, it, it's going to be... For at least a week, if not more, after his return, I'm sure they're going to be very tightly managing his minutes and watching him very carefully and being cautious about how much he plays. And that is absolutely the right thing to do. I have no problem. that You've got to keep him healthy. That is the number one concern when it comes to
0: Yeah, the- because when, when, when you have an injury like he had, when did he suffer that injury? Do you remember the date of it? uh Devin? Yeah. It was Christmas. It's Christmas. It was, day. It was Christmas day. It, it was the Christmas day he came back because he had just come back and then he suffered it again on Christmas day. When you when you have that injury at that time frame, you've got plenty of time to get back. But if you suffer an injury like that in Feb, mid-February, well then you got a lot less time to get back. Now you're now you're pushing it up against the playoffs. So uh, any other injuries that are going to sideline guys for a long period of time now become much more devastating than they were if they happened in November or December, because with November and December, you've got time for campaign to get back, you've got time for Devin Booker, Chris Paul to get back, you've got time for Cam Johnson to get back. Cam's injury, as 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 tough as it was, good timing because now he's back. But you start suffering injuries any point after mid-February, well, now you start to get concerned about. Okay, is this guy going to be right for the playoffs? Is he going to be ready for the playoffs so that becomes a major concern
1: all right now tonight is another kind of moment in the nba they're announcing the all-star reserves tonight and it's the subject of our poll question on the burns and gambo twitter page if you'd like to go by and uh, check that out and vote on it you and i are both in agreement tonight i I I do not think Devin will be named tonight as a reserve i I don't think he should be named tonight as a reserve i think there's just too few games the the case for him is that they're 18 and 10 basically when he plays take out the four minutes that he played against Denver on Christmas Day, they lost that game. I, I take that game out because they lost. he barely played. They're eighteen and ten when he plays. Um, he was all NBA first team last year. He was averaging a career high twenty seven points, five and a half assists, four and a half rebounds. There's no question that if Devin Booker were healthy, healthier, had played more games, that he would be your reserve tonight. I mean, there's just there's no discussion about it. But at some point, I think he just missed too many games to be able to get that kind of consideration when you're competing against live bodies for that spot. And I think that's where Devin falls tonight. I, I don't think he's going to hear his name. I don't think he should hear his name tonight.
0: No, I think we got to the point where we were thinking that he was going to be a perennial all-star year after year after year. And he will be. Like, will just, be. But this year, when you miss that many games, you're not going to get in. The, the toughest one for him is that first one, right? you got to get in. Now they got in the first time and then the second time. And now you're like, okay, he's going to be that guy. When Devin Brooker's Career is over. He's going to have seven or eight All Star appearances, maybe more. Um, but he's going to be that guy, and and that's and that's important for guys. They want they want that those accolades. They want that uh, acknowledgement of their skills. I don't have any doubt that if he's playing a full season this year, he's an All Star. There's no question. He was playing great, yes. but before he got hurt. So to me, this is nothing. It's, it's a minor thing. It's not like you know he's going to get passed off by a bunch of guys. He is actually elevated his game. Now, he's more solidified as an all-star, in my opinion, now than he was even in the previous years, because he solidified himself as a top 10 player in this league recently, where in previous years, he was top 20, maybe top 25, but now he's kind of elevated himself into top 10 category, so I'm not worried about his ability to make all-star games in the future. It does suck that he's not going to be in, because, and I, I don't know if he's going to be if he's going to make it or not, but I wouldn't think he's going to get in just because he missed all that time.
1: There was a story on our website today, uh, Free Baby, ArizonaSports.com, Uh, where everything is always free um in which they looked around the NBA and like all the NBA experts kind of picking their all-star rosters, most all of them were a no when it comes to Devin Booker. Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic, no. Uh, NBA.com staff writers, Brian Martin, Mark Medina, Sean Powell, John Schulman, Michael C. Wright, uh, they all said no except for Schulman. He was a yes. Uh, Sporting News writer was a no. The Ringers' Michael Pena, no. Everybody... Everybody on Inside the NBA on TNT, no, 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 no. I mean, the only yeses were Dan, Dave Devine of Yahoo Sports, and as I mentioned, John Schulman of NBA.com. Everybody else was a no on him, and and again, this is this is fine for a couple of reasons. Number one. I don't want to be a hypocrite about it. In years past when we were arguing for Devin Booker, a lot of times we would say, "Well, you can't pick that guy. He's missed too many games." You know, like if we were comparing Devin to player A or player B, well, if player A or player B were hurt, I would say he he can't make he, he's hurt. He's right. missed too many games. Right. You shouldn't be a, and so the same applies to Devin. That's number 1. Number 2, the game is on February 19th. Devin Booker, if all goes according to plan, He's going to make his return on February 7th. If I'm the Suns, I don't want him anywhere near the All-Star game. I don't want him playing in it. I don't want him doing anything. I want him taking that weekend off, being mindful about his rehab therapy and the things that he needs to do. He needs to play basketball for the Phoenix Suns, not in some meaningless who cares exhibition game on the nineteenth. I don't want if I'm the Suns, I don't want him anywhere near that game.
0: That's a good point too. I mean why you know, why go out there and you know, risk it and get hurt or anything like that? It's uh it's just not worth it. All star games just I mean I was reading something today and this was crazy. Uh like uh David Carr is going to play in the in the Pro Bowl, right? The the flag football game for the uh-huh. Uh-huh. right? If he gets hurt, the Raiders owe him a fortune. Oh yeah. They owe him a fortune a if fortune. he gets hurt. They don't have any plans to bring him back. He's already said goodbye. Right? Oh, he's not
1: coming back. No, right. he's he is not coming back to the Raiders, and the Raiders specifically didn't play him the last two games of the season. He was they right. didn't want him getting hurt, so it would guarantee that
0: contract and lock him in and make him untradeable. Now if he he's going go- hurt at the Pro Bowl. They got to pay him. Yeah, it's nuts. Like that's so. Like that's just another. Like I was just thinking, and it's not similar, but you know, he, he's you know his salary. Was seventeen point four million. It's set to jump to thirty two point nine. If he gets hurt, like the Raiders have to pay him. So uh, that's not the situation here. But you don't want to, you know, for guys that have been injured, you don't really want them playing in this game. No, no, you don't at all. Um, So we'll see.
1: I I think the best news for anybody when it comes to this is that Devin Booker is getting close to a return. Devin Booker is almost back. In fact, he said yesterday he feels like he's rounding third. I feel good. Yeah, it's, good. It's, good. It's, good. it's round in third. The you know, uh, Pete Rose, where you whoever whoever the catcher is, is bad news for them. <laughs> you, seen that? you know that's Pete <laughs> no, Rose. No, I don't know. Or, <laughs> oh, he, he, he was in the All Star game and he bowled over the catcher going through going around third. Did he? In the All Star game? Yeah, okay. Crazy. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> oh my God, Devin Booker doesn't know that Pete Rose. He doesn't know what Pete Rose is. <laughs> he doesn't know that Pete Rose leveled Ray Fossey in the All Star wow. game. <laughs> I have never felt like an older, crustier piece of toast than I do right now. Oh, my God. You
0: know what it was for me? You know what it was for me? (laughs) It was Robbie Ray. Remember with Robbie Ray? Yeah, you used to compare him to um, who was it? Ron Guidry. That's right. And he's dude, like, dude, you remind me of Ron Guidry, like Louisiana <laughs> Lightning. Like, who's that? Like, you don't know who Louisiana Lightning is? There's... You don't know who Ron Guidry is? There's... No idea. He's a baseball player. No idea who Ron Guidry is. Robbie Ray. <laughs> like, yeah, you remind me of Robbie. He's not as good. He's not half as good as Ron Guidry. But at the, at one point, he kind of reminded me of Ron Guidry. And then you bring it up to him, and it's like, who's this guy? Who's Ron Guidry? Uh, like, oh was, man, that was our own Kellen Olson doing the Q and A.
1: And so when Book says he's round in third, and Kellen says, kind of like Pete Rose, like, what? Huh? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, man.
0: I think once I told Mark Reynolds he made a play like Brooks Robinson, he was like, who's Brooks Robinson? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you get think, to the point, you're like, oh, geez, okay. Yeah,
1: you know what? It, and it's not, it's not a them thing. It's an us thing. You know? We just have to change our frame of reference. That's all. We just, we just have to talk about something a little more current. It's our problem. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Tom Brady's retirement, now there's fallout from that. And it not only affects the box, it affects other teams, it affects other quarterbacks. What does it mean around the league? We'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
0: Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader.
1: So yesterday, Tom Brady announced his retirement from the National Football League. The, you know, gray sky sitting on the beach, airplane flying overhead, very lo-fi, low production kind of thing. Very simple, very sincere, certainly no reason to believe that this isn't it for Tom Brady. And, of course, everybody knows how great he is, and everybody knows all the records he holds, and we could sit here and talk for ten minutes. We did yesterday about how great he is. Um, there's one undeniable thing about this, game is that a quarterback that I think some people, many people, expected was going to be on the market this offseason isn't on the market this season. And, and now teams have to adjust. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest one, well, there are two. And I read a story on The Athletic today, and outside of the Bucks themselves, obviously, knowing that they need to find a new quarterback, the two big ones that come to mind the most are the 49ers and the Vegas Raiders. Sure. And, and, and those are the two teams that are like, okay... Now what do we do? You know, that seems to be the reaction, at least in those two markets to Brady.
0: You know, my initial thought is I always think like, okay, is Tom Brady going to put down the avocado ice cream and go get himself like, you know, go get a hot fudge sundae or a banana split, God, extra so. hot fudge. I like, hope so. Like, you know, you, know you, can like, let your, you can let yourself go now. You're 45 years old and everything. It's not yeah. gonna, you put on seven or eight or 10 pounds, it's not going to affect you in the dating scene being a single guy. So <laughs> I just wonder, you know, if he pulls up to, you know, if he pulls up to, Sonic and orders the, you know the triple cheeseburger with the shake. He says, "You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna." Um, but okay, outside but, of that, well, but, no, hold up, just for a second. Though, yeah. can
1: you imagine? Okay. For a second, you've spent the last, what, 15 years of your life not eating anything like that? Yeah. And then suddenly you go through a Sonic drive-thru and you do eat the triple cheeseburger? Every time I hear
0: Bickley talking about it, I'm like, I've got to get to a Sonic drive-thru, oh, man. Sure that
1: stuff sounds good. I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm just yeah. talking about that first time that you eat something that you haven't eaten in 10 years. I don't know if that's going to go real well. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that. Your there, body but, might
0: be like, what the hell are you your doing Your body to me? might yeah. be like, what the
1: hell exactly is this are you shoving down here? because this is not what we've been eating. This is not, we're not cool with this, and, and that's, that's not a pleasant place to be in. But yes, if I yeah. were him, I'd go eat a hot fudge sundae. I'd get real ice cream, not avocado. I, I
0: looked at the winners and the losers, and, and the 49ers and the Raiders stand out because those were teams that obviously, and there was others, I mean, it was like, um, you know, the Buccaneer, Greg Olson, does Greg Olson lose out, the Patriots, like, so there are winners <laughs> and losers, but I, I I do think that the the teams that were he was more likely to go to like the 49ers would have been absolutely perfect for the simple reason you've got two quarterbacks that are young and that are rehabilitating injuries Brady could have came in for a year those guys could have been the backup and then he goes off into the sunset, retires and then one of those guys is your guy now you know they're going to let Garoppolo go I think it's all but done that Garoppolo is going to go somewhere else and play and now you know you'll you maybe you get Purdy back or maybe you get Lance back those guys it'll have to be one of those two guys I think for the 49ers if you could have got Tom Brady, yeah, you do it. And nobody nobody bats an eye that you went out and got Tom Brady.
1: Uh, it was really interesting to hear the stuff coming out of San Francisco yesterday, and in particular Kyle Shanahan, their coach, who who did a couple of things. Number one, he very clearly established that Jimmy Garoppolo was not going to be back. Quote, no, I do not see any scenario of that. Close quote. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. You don't need to trade him. You don't need to, he's gone. And, and Kyle's, that sound you heard yesterday was Kyle Shanahan, slamming the door closed on Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. That's number one. Number two, his acknowledgement that basically we've got two starters on our team right now that I think we can win with. When you have that situation, you're really not that eager to go looking around. Now, I don't know if that's just smoke. I don't know if that's you know this time of year. Personnel people, executives, coaches, they lie. They'll lie right to your face about what their intentions are because they don't want to give away their true plans. But Kyle Shanahan certainly making it sound like that with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, he feels like like he's got everything he needs to go, go win with. I, I don't know if I believe that or
0: not, but he's I, trying to at least put that out there. Yeah, of course he has to, because those are his two guys. I, I am sure... Aaron Rodgers has said that he's not going to San Francisco, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Rodgers is not going to end up with the 49ers. Could
1: you imagine... You remember you remember when Brett Favre... And again, this, sorry, this is yeah, only my he radio the Jets. here for a second. Yeah, but Brett Favre had to go to the Jets because the Packers wouldn't let him go to the Vikings, right? right. Like, yeah. And I, I can't imagine ever... Even even though they're not in the same division, the Green Bay Packers would never, ever, ever, ever allow Aaron Rodgers to go to San Francisco. Never. I mean, that's they might not be division rivals, but they are about as passionate of conference rivals as you're going to get. And just like they blocked far from going to Minnesota, there's no way they'd let Aaron Rodgers go to San Francisco. Never. Never.
2: No, I don't
0: I don't I mean the thing is he's thirty nine years old. Yeah. Like if you got the like I always say this if you could get the best package package from them, what do you care? Like, if you, they're going to give you more than anybody else, like, you're really worried about, you know, the, the final couple of years of his career being there in San Francisco? You, you care
1: because given the recent history of the NFC, I actually think the chances are pretty decent that San Francisco and Green Bay would meet in an NFC playoff game.
0: Yeah, Man, maybe they, the guys I got from him will help me beat them. Maybe, maybe if I get but, a but, better package from... Like, if somebody's offering you a first and a second, would you really take a second and third from another team just because you don't want Rodgers to go to the 49
1: uh, it, it's only because he might beat you. Only because your season Man, might end in the about hands so of Aaron thi- Rodgers.
0: People worry about so many things that are really out of your control. Like, go get the best package. You, you know me. I mean, my philosophy is different. Go get the best package you can get. I know. Get. I know. I just
1: think there are a handful of teams where you, you're like, I, I might play you in the playoffs, and I don't want to have to play him in the playoffs, and that's that. I'm, I'm not sending him there. Even if that means taking a slightly lesser package somewhere else. I get
0: it. I get it. I just Plus, everybody knows he's
1: going to the Jets, right? Everybody knows he's going to the Jets. He's going to the Jets. Prepare yourself. Prepare, prepare your New York buddies back there, Gambo. They're, they're, I'm sure they're very well prepared. They're getting him. They're getting him. I mean,
0: he's but, a big upgrade over what they got.
1: The question I have is, okay, if not San Francisco, everyone thought Brady was going to go to Vegas. What are they doing? Who's Vegas'
0: quarterback? Texas? How about Garoppolo? Maybe. When possibly? you start to look at landing spots for Garoppolo, you know, the Bucks and the Raiders are two of the top teams. I you know, I think I, I think that would make sense. I mean, there's a relationship there with Josh McDaniels. He was the offensive coordinator in, in New England when he was there. You've got those ties. He played in that system. He was a, a starter for a little bit and did well there. I mean, I would I would think that that makes a lot of sense because when deflate, the flake gate suspension happened there was a couple of games Garoppolo played and one of them was against the Cardinals if you remember correctly um, and he did well like he did really well in those games and so I, McDaniels knows him he knows McDaniels I think that I think Garoppolo to the Raiders makes the most sense. Fall Out Boy is headed to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater for
1: their So Much for Dust tour on June 30th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. You can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Look at that. It's that time. It's the 4 o'clock reset, and it's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.